we've reached a conviction from experience that we can do more than I can. And so when two people are trying to do something together, no matter what it is, if you're constantly fighting about how you're going to do it, it's a lot harder to get something done. So agreements are about creating a solid foundation that you can run your goals and hopes and dreams and aspirations off of without having too much friction and without constantly fighting about it. That's the whole point. It's not just to do agreements for the sake of agreements. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to episode number 66 of the Art of We podcast. We're so happy that you're here listening to us today. And we're doing a little bit of a part two from last week's episode, number 65. We had a listener reach out asking for our thoughts on what does a new couple do when they come together and they want to intentionally create these relationship agreements? How do they get started? What do they even think about? How do they create their own agreements? So in episode 65, we went into that in depth, which was so fun to do. And so this episode is really a follow-up around, okay, so you've created these intimate partnership agreements with each other. Now what happens if one or both of you don't keep those agreements? We'll get into that first, and then we'll follow that with how and when we review agreements and all that kind of extra little tidbits that could be supportive for those of you who are interested in doing this. How does that sound, Will? It sounds great. We have plenty of material to share about falling down with our agreements. So yes, it's a good thing to remember that this is not a perfectionism project. It's a lifelong practice. To me, I, I don't know, this is kind of take it for what it is, but I often go into like a sports metaphor, like practice, right? You're shooting free throws with basketball and are you going to freak out when you miss one? Or are you just going to keep trying to, you know, get better at it over time? Right. And I think that's an important piece because the context in which we're talking about agreements is that we're on a continual learning journey together. And when we fall down, it's not about beating our partnership or our partner up and it's not about beating ourselves up. It's really about learning and tweaking. And when one of us fall down, getting really curious rather than blamey and defensive. And that right. in itself requires a lot of work to not get mad at our partners or they <laughs> break an agreement, right? Definitely. I, re I remember there was a Buddhist teacher I was fond of that had a saying of don't wait in ambush. And that's not one of our actual agreements with each other, but it, it's pertinent here to the idea that we're not sitting around ready to pounce on our partner when they mess up, but we are a guardrail and we're willing to bring the the courage or the whatever it takes to as you say, bring curiosity to that moment. What happened here? I remember when you and I at times have agreed to something and then one of us might be like, okay, hold on. Like, I love this agreement. I love where we're going. But a part of me doesn't actually believe 
that you are going to keep the agreement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important part of the process is like, we're not shaming our partner in that moment because we have a belief that they may not keep it. It's more like, I, I want to get to the point where we and I feel comfortable that we can actually step into this agreement and what do we need in order to do that? And it could be just checking it out. Hey, I just want to check this out. Double make sure that you are on board for this because historically it seemed like maybe it wasn't something that you'd be interested in. Something like that. Right. But I can see three scenarios. After you make your agreements together, okay, you're mutually aligned, you're both full yeses that you're aware of, and you're moving forward. And the first scenario is that you both are doing great. You keep your agreements with each other, you're working it out, you're moving along, everything's fine. The second scenario would be where one person is not doing a great job of keeping one of the agreements. And maybe both people are not doing a great job of keeping certain agreements. So there's something you're falling down one at a time. Whereas the third one, it's like both of us are not keeping that agreement. And so that's a whole other conversation. Right. So Will, to give an example here, can you think of a time that you broke an agreement that we had and how we addressed it, how we were with you around it or how we maybe wanted to be with you around it, even if we weren't that way? if that makes sense. Well, I can think of a good one recently that was a hard one for us a couple of days ago where you were trying to explain to me how excited you were about a new direction in your coaching. And it had to do with company values and agreements to make the company hold the value and the individuals in the company, everything tied together rather than just having company values be like wallpaper on the wall. And we started talking about your idea and I got very defensive about my own perception of the company agreements we have in the company that I run with our business partner, Keith. And I started kind of building a case in my mind that I think a part of me tried to figure out how what you were excited about wouldn't pertain to me and the way that I run the company. And so... (laughs) So what agreement did did you break? I wasn't listening generously. I wasn't able to hold my seat and not take what you were presenting personally as a as a threat to my sense of competency as a leader. Right. <laughs> and so there was a there was an injury there that you know you got deflated from my lack of generous listening and not only lack of generous listening, but also making it about me. And now we're having a conversation about me and why this new idea you're having doesn't pertain to me as a leader. So I think it's a great example of how our psychology can get triggered into some defensive pattern. And we really lose track of listening to our partner generously. Yeah, it is such a big agreement for us, which is to listen generously and to assume positive intent, which is basically two agreements in one. I think the aspiration in those moments is for me to say, hey, well, it really feels like you're not listening very generously to what I'm bringing here. And we're changing the topic in a different direction. I'm wondering if we could come back to practice listening generously. And that would be the aspiration. So it's like noticing it's happening, inviting you into remembering about our agreement and into a different kind of conversation and context. In that scenario, I didn't do a great job of that either. I didn't gently say, hey, it sounds like there's some maybe some parts coming up for you here that are in relationship to what I'm saying. 
ideally we could care for the parts that are coming up because usually, like we were saying, it's something unconscious or something that's not deliberate or intentional to break this agreement. Right. And what often happens when one of us can't show up in a regulated way and give that generosity that we're talking about, then we're sort of like one person's triggering the other and then the other person's triggering the other and you're down the rabbit hole of dysregulation. And I found that when one of us can show up right away and remind the other one of the vow from a kind and accepting and curious and generous place, then we can course correct pretty quickly. But it doesn't always go that way. A good example of where we sometimes do that is when we've had an agreement around technology use. So for example, at times we've been like, okay, at 5.30 or 6 o'clock, we're putting our phones down. And I'm a lot better at that than you are. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really taken practice for me to not take it personally when you pick up your phone after six o'clock, for example, when we're inside of that agreement. And most of the time I'm still reacting like as though it's a personal dart or like you're wanting to personally hurt me by, or like not care for me. Like for some reason that it, it lands for me that way. And when it lands for me that way, then I get reactive and I maybe even put fuel on the fire, so to speak, versus Sometimes when I'm like, oh, I can witness you. Oh, he's just doing his normal thing that he's in the habit of doing. It's not about me personally, and he's not trying to create a negative impact. Then I can walk up to you and say, hi, honey. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Krista says sometimes, how's it going with your phone right now? (laughs) That's helpful. Yeah, so I think we're getting better at that. Like that would be a very good example of how I would ideally be with you in a moment of breaking an agreement and vice versa, how I would love for you to be with me. And I think that you're actually really good with me when I break agreements, like if I'm not seeing possibility, which is an agreement of ours. If we're stuck with something and we can't find a way through and I can't see possibility, you tend to come with a very gentle hand with me or which part of you right now is not being able to see possibility. So. That's how we like to look at this context of agreements is that we're actually really supporting each other's success by not coming from our own personal reaction, but getting very curious in the moment. Exactly. Again, it's teamwork. It's not about waiting and busting somebody for breaking a rule or something like that. It's like, we need to uphold these agreements for us to have the kind of success that we want to have together until we decide that these agreements or some of these agreements don't uh, fit anymore for us. Right. And we, bo- we both agree to put them down. Yeah, and starting out when the agreements are, are new, you know, they still probably need to be tweaked and refined. So in the case of the phone example, there have been times when we've visited the conversation of like, okay, well, Will, maybe this agreement actually doesn't fit for you. So let's, let's really look together and see, does something need to change and, and, and be tweaked so that it can actually be a fit and we can set ourselves up for success. I would say that if one person is not fulfilling on the agreement on kind of a regular basis, I think it's time to really go in there and look together with gentleness and kindness and love to be like, okay, maybe there's something here that's not actually quite right. I'm so grateful for the generous way that you hold that. And you've done that on a number of occasions with the phone is, hey, it doesn't look like this is really something you're wanting to keep right now. It looks like we need to talk about that. And then, you know, that helps me wake up 
you know, there's all kinds of justifications I can make to not keeping that commitment. But so far, every time that you bring that awareness, it reminds me of all the reasons why it's good for me to put my device down. Yeah. And good for us and good for you, you know. Totally. So to summarize, I think we aspire to do parts work, what parts of us are not on board with this agreement when one of us breaks it, and or a slight revision of what's happening there in terms of what we're agreeing to. Does that sound right? Exactly. And then if we're both not keeping the agreement, then it seems like it's pretty obvious that <laughs> something isn't quite aligned in general. I mean, the important part about both not keeping agreement is that it should be addressed. For sure. Lots of times, because we're both not keeping it, we're just like, oh, both of us are kind of like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about it because <laughs> neither of us are keeping it, so let's just not talk about it. But, but then what happens there if we're not talking about it? It's like we're not building the trust and security that we're going to keep each other's agreements. We're not trusting ourselves. We're not trusting our partner. And it just becomes kind of a chaotic mess in the field that doesn't need to be there. That's a good point. I, I think it's been true for me over my life that the trust that you have with another person is earned through keeping commitments to each other. It's not given. Yeah. I think sometimes there can be a, a younger place that has a fantasy that if we're a good person, quote unquote, then we deserve to be trusted without any evidence that you're trustworthy. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're out there and you're thinking that way, like, you know, some of my younger parts tend to think that way, just give those younger parts of you a little hug and then go earn the trust through keeping your commitments. <laughs> <laughs> That's really well said. And then I think there's also a trust with oneself too that needs to be earned. You know, like I need to keep my freaking commitments so that I can trust that I can actually do this or do mm -hmm. anything. So well said. <laughs> I think it was Byron Katie who said, if you want self-esteem, go perform esteemable action. Do it. <laughs> Do esteemable things and you'll feel better about yourself. It's so <laughs> simple. Great. It's like <laughs> simple to talk about. Simple to talk about, hard to do. So we will take a quick break and when we come back, we'll talk about a couple other refinements that we would add to the process as you're entering into your relationship agreements. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. Welcome back. So we're just going to talk a little bit about when we review our agreements. We've talked about a little bit about how we refine them on an ongoing basis and that it's really a living and breathing document, so to speak, between us because it's not like it's set in stone and it's, it's not like it's static. It's continually moving based on the needs of what we're up to together at a particular season in our lives, particular goals that we have, 
in particular gaps inside of our we that we really want to give attention and nourishment to. So living and breathing, what would you call it? Like interpersonal way of being together. Yeah, it's um, it's part of the container of how we thrive together inside of that container. And so, and this might be obvious, but I think it's good to say that it's a little bit like the constitution of a country or something. So, but this one's not based in the patriarch, <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry, or structural racism and all the things. Oh my gosh. But I bring up that example because if you're going to update, revise, edit your agreements. This isn't something to do in the heat of the moment when someone's not keeping their agreement. Before the break, we talked about Krista's experience of like coming back to me over and over again with the generosity of like, how's it going with your phone? When we decide it's time to review a particular agreement, it's a big thing. So you want to set aside some time. You don't want to be rushed. You don't want to be triggered or, you know, extra emotional when that is happening. Do you agree with me, Krista, that you would probably want to set aside some time where you can relax and really get into, is this agreement serving us or not? Yes, very well said. And you're just having me think too of, if you're making an agreement with your partner and you're not keeping it or you keep getting hooked by the agreement, you're kind of like, I don't want to keep that, but I said I would, so I'm going to. I would in that moment even slow down and take some time even by yourself in advance of that conversation with your partner, be like, what is going on for me here? Just really look. And maybe there's, maybe you agreed to something that isn't actually fully aligned for you, but you did it out of one of your parts thinking you needed to do it in order to have a great, have your partner be happy or something, but to really look deeply at what's happening for you internally and coming into more truth with yourself so you can come to those conversations with some important information. That's well said. I think, especially when we're new in a set of commitments with a partner, these themes come up quite a bit of agreeing to something that, as you said, we agreed to from a place of maybe caretaking our partner or not being as connected in with ourselves in the moment or in the process. And so these revisions are completely necessary and part of the evolution of the organism of the we that you're creating. Should we talk about how we review our agreements? Yes. Our practice is to spend some time either on our anniversary or close to our anniversary, diving in together in a very spacious and relaxed way to look at our agreements and review what keeps coming up for us, what is chafing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's an annual thing, the kind of standard review. I have some old friends who have a different thing that they do that I want to share here just for contrast. They have been together for many, many years, like 20 years, uh, have a child together. And their practice is that their commitments expire every year. Hmm. And they have to be completely and totally renewed. Hmm. I love that. That's interesting. It's kind of cool because it's pretty radical. It's scary for me because I I like a little more (laughs) (laughs) continuity, but there's a risk of getting lazy with your agreements if they go untouched for, you know, years or decades. Definitely. Which is a whole other conversation about vows. You know, I think when people get married, I don't even know why vows are called vows. It's like through death and 
sickness and all that kind of stuff. It's like, how do you even keep those kinds of commitments that you're attempting to make inside of a, like a, even a religious induced set of vows or even like vows that don't really mean anything that you can't operationalize when you get married together. So anyway, I, I can go off on a tangent about that, but backing up, I really like this idea that your friends shared. And I think that for you and me, some of the ways of relating are getting so foundational inside of how we do it that I would imagine at some point what we could do is look at, okay, so we already know what listening generously means. We know how to practice it. We're really committed to it. It's really woven deeply inside of our we. At some point, maybe those just become our operation system without needing to name it. And then we can add, you know, some fresh and new ones. That could be another way to do it. I like that. I think it's such a great opportunity for two people, whether you're going into romantic partnership agreements or business agreements to have the agreements be a really bespoke reflection of who the two of you really are and not just taking some, you know, Hallmark card off the shelf. You know, yes. what does GPT-4 say my 10 agreement should be? <laughs> totally. Because it ends up being what John D. Martini would say, an injection of values, right? It's a, you're subordinating to some set of expectations that has nothing to do with you, potentially. Totally. So I think this is a revolutionary way of doing relationship and extremely beneficial. So if you're listening to this, we're like cheering you on and you and your partner and your agreements. And if there's any way that we can be of support of that, please reach out to us and ask us questions and let us know what you're struggling with, and we'd be happy to respond for sure. One other possibility that might come up as you're moving forward after you create your agreements is that you might realize that you both have different ideas of what that agreement means, even if you've talked it through. So just a heads up that that might happen. If it happens, then that's fantastic because it gives you an opportunity to get back on board about what that agreement actually means. So that would be my last tip for today. (laughs) (laughs) And I have one more tip for today as well, which is you might be asking yourself, well, what's the whole point of agreements in the first place? And what I would say about that is that we've reached a conviction from experience that we can do more than I can. And so when two people are trying to do something together, no matter what it is, if you're constantly fighting about how you're going to do it, it's a lot harder to get something done. So agreements are about creating a solid foundation that you can run your goals and hopes and dreams and aspirations off of without having too much friction and without constantly fighting about it. That's the whole point. It's not just to do agreements for the sake of agreements. Right. And I'll add to that and say that one blind spot I think most people have is they say, well, we do all that anyway. Why, why do we need an agreement about it? But then when things get hard, then it's like, okay, let's not assume that that's going to happen. It's like assumptions fall away. And, you know, one of our agreements is to stay in the conversation. And it's like when things get hard, it's just way too easy to do something different unless there's an interpersonal agreement about it. So there's many times when I imagine you and I, will don't want to stay in the conversation about something, but because we have that agreement with each other, it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to make it through this. We're going <laughs> to look this thing in the eye. We're going to talk about it till, you know, we feel complete. And 
I see way too many people walk away from conversations that aren't complete because they don't have that agreement in place with each other. So anyway, I could go on with that for a long time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to us with any ideas or topics or questions that you have. You can find us at kristavanderveer.com. Have a great rest of your week. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We.